Welcome to the Squeaky Chair Podcast. Today's episode, we will be discussing different global issues that pertain to our society and the future of the world. Of the many issues we present, we will be focusing on the breakthroughs of hydrogel and silicon biotechnology, uh, why gasoline-powered cars remain superior to electric cars, poverty within the U.S., and the effects of marine pollution on our environment. While there are many perspectives regarding the topics at hand, our experts, myself, George, Josiah, Mitchell, and Grace, will all discuss our views, insights, knowledge on these contemporary issues. There'll be a lot to learn, a lot to listen to. Sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy the show. So, first topic, we're going to be heading over to the beach. We're going to be talking about ocean <laughs> pollution, which is great. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about effects of marine pollution on our environment. Miss Grace, say hi. Hello, everyone. I'm Grace, and I'm the expert on marine pollution. Major expert, guys. Well, yes, sir. All right. So, Grace, do you have any questions to pose for us? Yeah. So, what do you guys think marine pollution is? Start with Josiah. Um, I want to say that that's whenever you know you have a bunch of industrialized pollution and then it floods into the major waterways. Yeah. Yeah. George. Marine pollution. Um, I think marine pollution is like. Well, I come from a chemical background, so there's a lot of chemical pollution that's mm-hmm. kind of invisible to the eye. A lot of it has to do with plastics that are small that you can see, like microplastics. That totally. we're all eating and getting into our brain, right? Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen the videos on like um, online where they'll do like microscopic um, like investigations of your food and they'll put, put up like a McDonald's chicken oh, like, yeah. and, and it'll be like plastic in the chicken? It, yeah. I haven't seen no, that. It's, it, mm-hmm. Oh man, so now we've got plastic in the ocean and, and, McDonald's. and in the chicken and the McDonald's. So I think also when I think of plastic or like ocean pollution, like I already seen mm-hmm. those like uh, the videos of people like running across the beach to catch like sea lions and stuff yeah. and mm-hmm. like, junk off of them. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fishing gear though. So or like the yeah. nets. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's, that's part of it. That's part of that's part of it. When I think of marine pollution, I kind of just think about like just going on the beach and like you just see like plastic bags just like floating mm-hmm. across, or you'll see like water bottles in the water, which isn't like the major parts of pollution, just like that close up on the beach but like it's still there so that's kind of what I think of when I think of marine pollution. Yeah you guys are all not wrong. Um, Marine pollution is a combination of chemicals and trash that comes from land sources and is washed or blown into our oceans Um, and the pollution usually results to the environment, um, to the health of all organisms and to economic structures worldwide. It is not a good thing going on and that has been going on for many years. So, what were the two uh, the two main ones you just brought up? You said it was trash, and what was the other one? Trash and chemicals. Which one do y'all think is more harmful, trash or chemicals? Um, I think chemicals, yeah. because like that affects humans more because we don't see it and we don't really think of it like compared to trash because yeah, we can see that. Like, as a, like yeah. And it comes up like in like greater scales because like does. you have plastic affecting like a 
like a population that's small, but you could have like chemicals affecting like whole populations of mm-hmm. animals. Like, yeah. Do you guys hear about <clears throat> how acidifying oceans are causing a bunch of snow crabs to go missing? Yeah. Like billions of snow crabs just. Gone. Even besides Gone. like, like animals, like yeah, humans are animals, but when you think about it, there are so many like environmental processes that water is involved in. So yeah, when you no. have chemicals in it, it you can't totally. really have those. And um, that obviously directly affects us. Yeah, farming is actually another part that causes uh, marine pollution because, like, the waste of chemicals mm-hmm. through, um, like, using mm-hmm. pesticides on plants and, like, even, like, the waste from, like, animals will go into, like, water streams that will run into greater rivers and then those rivers will lead to the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, you won't usually think of that as being a factor to the chemical part of pollution, but it is something that does occur that is behind the scenes. Dang. I don't know if it's something you have, like, um, in your notes or whatever, but, like, in y'all's opinion, what do you think is the, I guess, worst country? Like, which country pollutes the ocean the most? I think it's statistically China. That's what I was... China? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> China, but I'm pretty sure, like, every country is just... Uh, pretty sure the U.S. is up there. Yeah, no, no, it's all over the place. It's, like, a, it's a worldwide, like issue they do have more production than we do though so i would imagine that china has like a lot more like processed production Mm -hmm. and they're very like ocean going like the u.s is very land going per se totally but yeah um move on to the next question so in what ways does marine pollution affect the ocean and our environment do you guys think so how do you think the pollution in the ocean, like, what effects do they have on, like, the ocean itself and mm-hmm. then, like, our environment as humans oh, and, like, oh. the world? Oh, I had uh, read something one time, like, you know, fish breathe the water. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. gas in the water. Exactly. And then when you get more chemicals in there, it reduces the gas, so their respiration is obviously going to decrease. So, you know. I remember we uh, had a, in second semester uh, biology class. It was about ecology, and one of the main issues through ecology was acid rain, mm-hmm. because it was bringing a lot of acid back through the water system, which comes from the ocean and usually drops like water as rain onto the mountains and into the environment. And so when you have acid rain, it goes through your streams, it goes through your fish, it goes through your stomach. No bueno. Yeah, no bueno. On the topic of like that, you know, like the water cycle and everything. So, like, pollution that's in the air. Not only, like, marine pollution, but it's, like, a whole cycle. Because, like, yeah. smog and stuff that gets in the air, obviously, it's going to rain, go in the ocean, and then get cycled into whatever's already in the water. Oh, when I think of, like, what it does to the environment, I think of, uh, like, the coral reefs. Yeah, Because totally. those are just constantly getting, like, destroyed and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just homes to, like, some, like, hundreds of thousands of fish. And they're just, like, mm-hmm. areas just gone. And then, like... So it kind of just like... Yeah, no, that's totally right. Um, When there's an increased concentration of chemicals like nitrogen and phosphorus, um, it creates a growth of algae and there's algal blooms. um, And these can be toxic to wildlife and also harmful to humans. Um, And the negative effects on health and environment are caused by the blooms and it hurts the fish in the environments that the fish swim in as well. So it creates also creates um, dead zones. The like increased amount of algae that's built up from like trash and chemicals creates dead zones where fish aren't able to survive in the environment that they once lived in. Dang. 
Yeah. That just happened uh, at the Trinity, like over the weekend. People yeah. were like, there were just dead fish like floating up mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And then they had a whole like news segment about it. So yeah, that will become yeah. like a dead zone for like, uh, like ocean life and like, yeah. aquatic life. Dang. Because it, of the pollution effects. Does it affect humans? Like, I mean, imagine they like eat the fish. Yeah, no, no, no. Eat the fish. No, no, no. That is a known thing. Also, one thing that this like, it's kind of stupid, but in one of the Avengers movies, like, it's in like the last one. Like, they talk about after half the people in the world have died, and they come back and like, in in the Hudson Bay, like there are whales in it again, which Mm kind of just like shows like how like humans have like completely like destroyed some areas for certain types of species of fish to live yeah so like, yeah no definitely uh, like the seafood that we eat <clears throat> if the fish are like ingesting like these chemicals like it'll come back to us and like sometimes it can cause like amnesia dementia paralysis and sometimes even death and like and you probably heard like mercury contaminated fish yeah and that causes birth defects in like women or like when they are pregnant like they'll, they'll have birth defects in their child <laughs> from mercury contaminated fish that they digest I mean, yeah, we learned about that in the second semester of biology. Like, it compounds at every level of the food pyramid. Yeah, totally. Up. So, like, when you eat, like, a big-ass bass or something, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's got, like, a lot more... Eating bass, no. I don't, I don't know if you're eating bass. How about, like, a... Catfish. How about, like, a... Who eats catfish? Oh, who doesn't eat catfish? I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like fish. Well, so I won't be affected by this. Love catfish. What about... What's that... Tuna. Yeah, okay, the yeah. big tuna, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, tuna usually has mercury in it. Yeah, because they're like yeah. huge feathers that eat a ton of totally. stuff. And it doesn't leave their body because... Gas <clears> from <throat> boats. What? Yeah. Gas from boats. Oh, yeah, 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 oil crudes and mm-hmm. like big ships will leave like oil spills and that also takes years to clean. And like it doesn't really decompose. Like plastic doesn't really decompose either. Yeah. So that takes a while to get rid of in the ocean as well, which is another big part of marine pollution. I think it's cool to see, because like, the chemistry works out that plastic is actually just an oil derivative. Mm. Okay, Mr. Chemist. <laughs> Fun facts, man. It's just my perspective, that's all. Anyways, do you have another question to ask? Um, yeah, so what do you guys think causes oceanic pollution? I mean, it's pretty obvious. We do. Yeah. yeah we do, we do, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so <clears throat> one of the biggest sources is called like non-point source pollution, which is usually occurs from a runoff. And then there's also uh, single-use plastic, which are like bags, like styrofoam cups, straws. Um, those also uh, partake in creating a lot of pollution that goes into our ocean. Um, and ways to help this problem is by using... Um, is by using reducing the use of single-use plastics and investing in reusable products such as like grocery bags, reusable grocery bags, um, bottles and utensils and stuff like that. What about I'll paper be... straws? I hate paper straws, but I don't like... <laughs> Go to the point in using a straw. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Like Starbucks created the like no. cups yeah. that are like the like iced cups that have like yeah, the sip. There's, there's you guys no know what Aldi. Yeah, like, yeah, that's like the German yeah, knockoff exactly. grocery store. You have to like buy a bag to go there. Like they have no plastic bags. Like all your groceries are in yeah. a reusable sack. You can take them back to the store, obviously, but it's just something they so you're just like, carrying your junk out in your hands. Just yeah, man, yeah. it screws you over. <laughs> totally. I remember 
I mean, California had this big plastic bag. Yeah, no, I'm from California, so they did have that. I mean, I still see plastic bags. Oh, yeah. But it's a, we use a lot of paper bags. Okay. Like, yeah. over, like, I know Trader Joe's is big paper bags. That's or, aesthetic. Yeah. Aesthetic. It's a clean aesthetic, man. Yeah. Yeah, That's no. Trader Joe's aesthetic. The single-use plastics are what they usually blow into the ocean if, like, you litter. Okay. Um, and then those also don't, like don't dissolve or like go away as easily as other um, so, uh, products do. Well, um, do you know how we can fix this? Yeah, so yeah, like I said, use, uh, reducing the use of single-use uh, plastics and then also, of course, supporting legistra- le- legistra- legislation Sorry, to uh, curb plastic production and waste um, and learning how to recycle properly because only 95% of plastic is recycled throughout the entire world. It would about like bottles and cans. Because I know that like in California, yeah. we had like the CACRD. Yeah. Does like Texas do that? You guys know if Texas does that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to one thing, especially being from Texas, when I think of this, I kind of just think of like, it's obviously easier said than done, but just like be smarter. Yeah, like, no, yeah, totally. like, like, Especially like on oil rigs. Like I'm from Houston, so like mm-hmm. uh, the Deepwater Horizon was the oil rig that caught on fire and leaked a bunch of oil it's kind of just like obviously they didn't intend to do that but like you have to know what you're getting yourself into and you have to be prepared to like have a quick fix to something instead of letting millions of gallons of oil leak into the ocean yeah Yeah, i think like the fact that you guys just brought up location is important because both yeah that's a very good point that's a coastal state so y'all like are (laughs) directly affected you know what i mean but yeah it's really interesting though is that like we are from like the Los Angeles area. Yeah. We don't, yeah. Every beach I've been to has been like relatively clean. Yeah. You know? But like I'm from Newport, I've never even been to a beach. And Damn. I'm like, yeah, I'm all the way from the water, so I haven't been like I'm not obviously directly affected by it because I'm far from everything. And you're but you said you're from Houston, right? Yeah. Okay. So you. And then I'm from like NorCal, San Francisco. Okay. And you guys keep it clean up there. Yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> you do. This why it's your topic, Miss Expert. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, so how much pollution do you guys think that we create as humans? Clearly too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know an exact number, but there's something that you can look up, and it's called, like, uh, I forget the actual name of it, but it's, like, Atlantic pollution, mm-hmm. uh, Atlantic Ocean pollution, and there's literally, like, something, like, just junk in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah, they call them, like, Ocean. islands, like, garbage yeah, islands. and it's literally, like... Oh, like all it's the just, just like statistic where there's so much, or there's so many um, like plastic water bottles that you can like wrap it around the globe. Yeah, that yeah. was that was eye opening. What about what about about um, call it the GPGP, the Great Pacific Garbage. That's what yeah, I mean. that's, the garbage that's patch. What I mean. That's, that's like I mean. the size of yeah, Texas. It's crazy. Like that. It's yeah. No, every year we dump around like two point uh, one two billion tons of waste. Um, and it's all. Over. Yeah. Straight into the water, like. I think no. I think in general, no. In general, yeah. Okay. And then if all this waste was put on trucks, it would go around the world twenty four times. You like? Have you guys ever passed like a burn site for like a city's dump? No. Yeah. I yeah. haven't. Yeah. I haven't. They smell so bad, and that's just even more like like I know like what else could you do with it but send it up? You know what I mean? But yeah. still, that's even go. Even yeah, pollution in general is something that we all like. The world needs to work on. That's so interesting because yeah. like. Landfills from where I'm from, I know where they are, but they're like so well hidden. Yeah. I, I don't know like how they, I don't know what they find. Outside of a major city, 
in Texas is just like flat land. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. you're in far west Texas, so you can't really There's hide one, it. Like, I bet you Orlando. 20 minutes from here. It's just a huge hill. I bet that's probably the highest point in Texas. You know, throwing shade. Totally. Yeah, we got valleys and stuff. We just fill up the valley. We have horses, so. You have horses? We do have horses. <coughs> that's impressive, man. I don't know. Wild horses? Texas, yeah. yeah. Wild horses? Like, yeah, like Broncos. Mustangs and Broncos. Yeah. What? Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't know this one. We like, how far away could I find a wild horse? Like 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes? Just like roaming in like 20. a prairie? Yeah. Horses just chilling. Should they not That's my it? mission to go find a wild horse. Feel I'm true. get kicked. That definitely would happen. I'm not going to try and touch it, but. Probably going to find a wild California horse. California people first. activities go or touch a wild horse. Anyways, so that's what I have on my topic of marine pollution. And I hope you guys learned something. Should we do a transition? Yeah, we can yeah, do a transition. Let's do that. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Grace. Of course. Who's next on our list of contributors? <clears throat> that would be me. Uh, hey, guys. Hold on. Let me cut those real quick. Got to get the thing. Thank you, Mr. Seinfeld. All right. Josiah, introduce yourself. Um, I am Josiah Johnson, and... Um, Today I'm going to be bringing you guys the topic of poverty in the United States and how it can be reduced. Dude, I love poverty. I mean, I love talking about poverty. What? Not, I hate poverty, but we love <laughs> talking about poverty. George is part of the problem here. Anyways. I'm, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first question I have for you guys are what are some of the main causes of poverty that you can just like see at face value? Um, like... I mean, like main poor. contributors, like uh, yeah, what like, causes? I kind of think of like education. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of the very first yeah. things because like when you don't get a good education, you kind of don't know what to do, and like if you don't have an education and you get trapped, you can still try and get yourself out of that. But it's really hard to especially get a job without an education yeah. now. So it's just gonna be like, it's gonna, that's like the building block and then stuff is just going to start adding on top of each other after that That's yeah so i was going to say the same thing like i feel like in order to like get a good job everyone thinks you need to have a higher edu- like the highest education you can and like you need to have money to go to a good school and get the degree you want to get for the job and then also like i feel like if you're born into poverty you usually will stay in poverty yeah i'll gotta say like yeah i feel like sometimes being born into a certain place like dooms you or something like that like, yeah you could be like born out here at tcu or you could be like born in ohio or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> classic ohio no um so that ohio actually brings where like, i'm from uh one of my points that's jake paul oh, no. no 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 i was quoting jake oh, paul yeah. Never mind. yeah sorry <laughs> okay. um, yeah that brings up one of my points under that question is like do you guys think that um predisposition is like a, a valid argument for poverty oh yeah for i mean absolutely mm-hmm. yeah like, totally. obviously there are going to be a handful of people that can get themselves out of poverty and mm-hmm. be successful but like it's it's like you need to have like the grit and determination too also. yeah that ties back to education though yeah 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 i remember um i read this book by ben carson who's a political candidate in like 2020 i believe and his story was that he was born in like abject poverty in like Detroit, mm-hmm. but by his hard work, 
he found education and became like a neurosurgeon and he got himself out. And I'm just like, he had every opportunity that, like he, he didn't have any opportunities. He made his own opportunities and they came from his education. Mm-hmm. So I think education is different like learning that you do. Yeah. Anyways, what was the question again? Saving? What was the question? Yeah, that was the question. What are some of the main, uh, like, causes of poverty? Like, what is, what's a factor? Low education, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, like, not everyone having an equal opportunity. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Which, okay. like, falls under, like, not getting a good education. So when you say equal opportunity, do you think that has to do with, um, with location or, like, race, background, I think, sex, like, anything? all, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I also think one kind of like underrated factor in this is like your like parenthood. Cuz yeah. like if you don't mm-hmm. have like two parents to fall back on or one parent to fall back on, at least it's going to make everything a, a lot harder because like you're already in poverty and now you have to do it let alone as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like it's just going to it's going to be a lot it's harder to do. So I want to ask y'all's opinion on something. It's like it kind of has to do with the topic, but there's um, like looking at financial levels, and then I guess like the productivity of somebody's child or whatever. So when you're looking at um, work ethic and people that are born into poverty, and then work ethic that are people of people that are born into uh, into wealth, who do you think is more likely to like end up in the middle class? Somebody that's born up into upper class or the lower class? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, that kind of depends on the person. But, like, because, like, if you're already in the upper class, you could lose all, a bunch of your money yeah. drop down. But if you're in the lower class and you're super determined, like, mm-hmm. you will find a way. Right. And then you can work yourself out. But also the lower class is a lot, lot bigger than the other class. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, like you were saying, like, the work ethic. I think people who are impoverished do have a stronger work ethic even though like they don't have as many opportunities as someone in the upper class does, I think they do have grit and determination to do what they can to like make money and like be working as much as they're able to. That's what it's like. That's survival for them, right? Yeah, I yeah, I guess. Like not. I don't know if that means that they'll make it to the middle class. Okay, I'm curious. But I feel like yeah. I feel like they're very, they're determined. Okay. Uh, next up, I have, uh, what are some of the effects of poverty? <clears throat> yeah. Like, what are the results, I guess, of people that are in poverty? What happens to them? Stuff like that. Like homelessness? Yeah, exactly. Well, homelessness. Homelessness, we call it in LA. Homelessness? Houselessness. You're not homeless, you just don't got Residencelessness. I'd say one definitely big effect is like it takes a big mental toll yeah yeah like it can make you depressed it can make you just like lose your work ethic even if you have a a good work ethic it can make you want to stop doing Mm -hmm. stop trying to get out of the position that you're in like you fall back on like oh i'm in poverty there's nothing i can do about it right kind of thought process no yeah Hmm. um what areas do you think are most affected like generally or specifically, I think. Yeah, finish your question. And oh, then say like, what do they have in common? Uh, I would like to start this question off mm-hmm. by saying, big cities is definitely where it's most visible. Yeah. Because when you have a lot more people in one area, there's like a higher propensity for there to be a lot more, uh, like visibly poor, visibly houseless people that 
you can see that's what creates a perception that big cities are where homeless live, I suppose. Yeah. So that's what I'd go for. Because, like, in LA, we have, like, Skid Row, and that's, like, a big part of our... What is uh, it? Skid Row is, like, this road is called um, San Pedro Street. It's, like, just in downtown LA, and you can see, like, the <coughs> U.S. Bank Tower from that single street, but it's aligned with tents, and it's no... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two pictures of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People know. No, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, like, San Francisco, that's, like, we're in a huge issue right now with homelessness. Okay. Right, right. I don't know. Have you guys heard of it? Wait, what are y'all, no, what are y'all doing? So we had Tennessee in, like, Dallas and, like, Texas and all that, and they had this huge thing where they were trying to, like, cover it up, and they were having, like, police presence and SWAT, like, all that, and they were, like, forcing the people to move out of the area because it was making the city look bad to have, like, a whole nother city where yeah. it's just people that don't have homes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think in L.A., we're kind of, like, soft on it because it's been there for, like, 60 years. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been there for so long that we don't really, like, yeah, you know, just stay away from San Pedro. Like, let the, let the church, let the missions, like, help out with that because, like, that's kind of your Boyle Heights, which is, like, really, really, like, there's a lot of church activity that, like, does charity work with the homeless, the homeless yeah. people. So I think, like, they just kind of, bad at blind eye no yeah some other cities it's like really serious they do and with definitely people. like homeless people usually tend to like stay closer to like warmer areas yeah like they're not really like well, yeah so yeah like, i don't see a bunch of homeless people in houston but my grandparents live in austin so i go up there all the time and yeah. i just see homeless people everywhere and so yeah. they're just everywhere downtown and and they do anything about it nope nope no, they're just living in tents by city hall. Really? Yeah. Back to some of the uh, the effects of poverty, the main one that I have is just an increase in violence. Like, so you have to think mm -hmm. about it. Like, when there's, um, like, a large homeless population, they all have the same, like, need and want to get out of that. So they're going to be in, like, a like a dog-eat-dog -dog mentality, and they're going to be being aggressive towards each other just so they can get something that can help themselves, like, move to the next stage. Wow. Uh, one thing I was also going to talk about for effects of poverty is, like, your, your physical health. Yeah. Because, like, if you're in poverty, that means you're not getting enough food or water, yeah. let mm -hmm. alone having a house, which is going to obviously take a huge effect on your physical health. Yeah. Oh, I saw, I saw this documentary once upon a time where it was studying, like, effects of being, like, poor having your health. And they say, like, these people had levels of cortisol that was off the charts. That's, like, a stress hormone. And that causes like heart issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all these people not only had like bad diets because they couldn't afford good food, mm -hmm. but their health was getting terrible because they were stressed all the time, going from paycheck to paycheck, and like not being able to afford, not being able to buy and stuff like that. Yeah, so, especially if you have like family, it's like yeah. you can't even afford to buy food for yourself, and it's just like yeah. even more. Um, one of the things that has to do with like your health is also. Um, healthcare obviously you have no address so you have no insurance mm -hmm. and then a lot of times you won't be able to be served unless you are having like like a such a severe issue that there's no like you just go into a hospital obviously like oh your insides are on your outside now so somebody's gonna help you type of thing yeah. so like with just random health issues that they have as a like an effect of being in poverty they wouldn't be able to get those treated really I remember I work at the hospital actually right now and we get a lot of homeless people mm. that just, they, they come in and they're there for, for um, treatment, like stomach issues. It's like a common thing is stomach issues, but I don't ever find any real, like they're actually really nice people to be around. Yeah. So I think that 
you know, yeah, they don't have insurance, but there's still resources I hope we offer them. Have you guys ever seen the show uh, Cops? Mm, no. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. So it's like, it's like a live documentary where they just have a cameraman and he basically does a ride along with the police officer and then they get an interesting call, they record it, go through the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Um, in a couple of the episodes, though, they'll have people that will call the police with like fake crimes or they'll have homeless people that'll do like petty theft here yeah. and there so that they can get sent to jail so they can have a place to oh, eat, wow. yeah. uh, you know, a place to stay, a place to shower, all that kind of stuff, just because it is like better than being out of yeah. the elements. Especially, it goes like statistically, those type of crimes rise in the wintertime when it's just not, it's just not safe to be outside as a homeless um, person. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, we don't have much winter activity in California. Yeah, so. that's, yeah. that's, that's okay. why I feel like we see homelessness there more than like... Uh, yes, yeah, like, statistically, actually, Portland, state. Portland, Oregon, um, and New York City, they were really high with poverty, obviously, because they're up north, so it's always cold, and then those cities are also heavily populated, like we were bringing that up. Wow. Uh, so interesting. Any other questions? No, that's all I have, unless you guys have anything to add. I love your topic. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Shall we do another transition? Yeah, let's do a transition, guys. All right. All right, transition time. Third topic, we got Mr. Mitchell. What's up, Mr. Mitchell? What's going on, everybody? Yeah, so I'm Mitchell, and the first question I'm going to start off with is, uh, what are the advantages of gasoline cars over electric cars? Speed. Maybe. Speed is definitely one. If you're sure? sure about that. No, yes. Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm very Being sure. able to refuel more often? Yes. See, I know you like cars. Yeah. I know you know the fastest car right now is a Tesla. It's like- no. It's a Tesla. That's not production yet. <laughs> the Taycan is fast. It's, okay, it's fastest and it's electric. Okay. Yeah, well, it's ele- that's right. fun. He's electric. That's two oh. different. Those, but still, but still. Come on. They sound good. That I don't is know. true. Okay, you know what, man? I found, one of the things that I found while I was living off of my own is, yeah, cars sound cool. But mm. when a fart box runs by your house at 2 a.m. <laughs> fucking morning, every fucking night, it doesn't, it's not cool anymore, bro. It's like, I've had enough yeah, I guess. Fun. They Oops. look better. Gas cars look better than electric cars. Electric, they look like little like juice boxes with plugins. And yeah, like isn't there like a new like electric truck? Like I think it's like four. It? it like looks funny. Yeah. It's oh truck. yeah, like the it's like that. It's like, like, like a at the yeah. Back. It's like right, yeah. weird. Who's it by? Tesla. Oh, sorry, Tesla. It's by yeah. Tesla. Oh, yeah. is that like the semi cyber, cyber truck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Cybertruck. Yeah. That looks like a hot Hummer EV. The, the one, so, Mitchell, the one what one. are the advantages of gasoline cars over electric so, cars? I mean, I'm just going to start off with a couple of the basic ones. Obviously, it's a lot easier to get around in. Like, speed, not speed-wise, like, it's just, like, you can fuel up, like, a lot easier. Um, also, like, getting your car repaired. Like, that, it's, like, ten times easier because people have been perfecting how to correct or fix uh, gasoline cars for over a hundred years but electric cars are like just now getting popular and they're just now getting new so everyone's just trying to like figure out the best ways to fix everything so it's not like a done deal yet on the best way to do it mm. uh, 
disagree with you on one of those. What's that? It's probably easier to do an electrical car for like fueling it up and stuff like that. We'll get into that. It does not. But well, what if you're on empty yeah. and there's no charge station? Yeah, that's, we'll, that's exactly. one of my points I'm going to bring up. So okay. We'll so stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Let's get there. That's actually my next point. Why are gas cars easier to get around it? I got this one, bro. Okay. You're wrong. First uh-huh. off, when you come from, like, in, it's my personality from LA. You there would is, like electric cars. No, it's not. Do you drive a Prius? I don't drive a Prius. I drive a hybrid. Okay. Oh, it's real. So I still got to do gas. I, I got to do gas. But here's the fun thing. Can you put a gas station in the Olive Garden parking lot? No, you no. can't. Can but you, you put can it put one next five feet away from it. Across the street. Can you put, like, 30 pumps in a Target? No. You can put it in a Bucky's. You can put it in a Bucky's. Yeah. Bro, I've been on two six. I've seen, like, four Bucky's. I know what the hell it is. And they're massive. And there's like 60 gallons. Anyways. So I would say they're easier to get around in because you there's more gas stations yeah. around. I'm from San Francisco. Well, I'm you answering should, the question. You should know that there's more electric stations in San Francisco. Okay. Is like in the country though? Like this is also yeah. So what are you gonna do when you drive across the country? There's literally a route set. Sir Elon himself planned. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to say, in Texas, I've seen maybe like a total of 200 electric pumps in total. That's real. That's real. In total. So, like, one of the easiest parts about it is also my tank. I have a car from 2012 and it's a Tahoe. And I can get up to 400 miles outside of the city. So, I can drive from Houston to Fort Worth, which is 235 miles. And one trip. Malfunction. <laughs> Sorry about that. My uh, airpod fell out. So I can get from Houston to Fort Worth, and it's only 235 miles. I'm not gonna have to refill, and I'm still gonna have enough gas to like not fill up when I'm in Fort Worth. So that's why I think it's a lot easier to get around in a gas car rather than an electric car. Okay. Valid. Uh, so the next question I want to ask y'all, <laughs> is, uh, my bad. Uh, what are some limitations of electric cars? <clears throat> okay, Mr. Car Expert. <laughs> Everything. Everything? Everything? Yes. You can't, like, what, what is there, what, no. Mm-mm. You can't like, go fast. Can't go I don't fast. really know much about you cars. You can't go fast. You can't go fast? I yeah. want to go fast. You can go quick. How about that? Yeah, you, you can go, go quick, and then, like, for two minutes, and then you got to go Charge uh-huh. battery uh-huh. again. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. If you if you press the gas and the Tesla all the way down, the like battery goes down fifty percent. They go from like ninety nine to like ninety seven. No, no, yeah. like ninety nine to yeah, like sixty. Oh, what about like the challenges that you can watch the gas down like actually like yeah, like, actually full. Oh no. Oh no. Horsepower. There's there's no there's no like electric car community. Mm. Prius. We haven't charged but, our batteries, guys. No. <laughs> Priuses are. Like, what about? Okay, here's the here's the big caveat. Okay. Hybrids. Hybrids is real. Oh. I mean, most supercars are hybrids. Exactly. So it's not every hypercar is hybrid, right? What? Every hypercar is a hybrid. I think. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. I'm subtle. just sitting over here. Okay. I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about like normal, like no, average car, like. All right. Does Grace like hybrids? I don't know if Grace likes hybrids. Grace, say no. 
Grace says no. Grace says, says no. no. All right. I could so. sell a hybrid right now. Yeah. All of you guys. How far is Houston? 235 miles. Yeah. And how many gallons in your Tahoe? 26. That's killer. Yep. I get 500 on 10 gallons. 10 gallons of gas. I go to Houston and back. Oh, wow. That's and, what I'm saying. And? <laughs> I don't need to change. Why would I change my car when I can already do? No, that? it's just it's like not going. But what about the it is, it is 100% personal preference. I love. Well, no, that's actually my my next topic. Oh. Um. So it's how do electric cars affect the environment? They may or may not be good for the environment. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. just your opinion. Well, like, <laughs> don't gasoline cars emit toxic? No, they do. They yeah, do. they do. Right? They definitely do. Greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases. Um, yeah. Sure. That's like Grace's favorite topic to talk about. Marine <laughs> pollution. She no, couldn't wait to get to the last yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, so, the big the electric cars themselves don't actually affect the environment, but the thing that does affect the environment is, is yes, one is charging them that uh, releases toxins and then making them. Because the main ways that they're made and the most efficient ways that they're made are from like coal power plants. Mm. So like it's it's Wait, how are regular like cars made? Coal power plants. So either way. So it's like either way. It's like, you know. Yeah, you're causing okay, pollution. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. It's, it's like the common, the common <laughs> is how like electric cars like don't produce any emissions or anything, mm-hmm. which is true. But like they're still causing a lot of uh, emissions when they're being produced because they still need to power everything and the easiest way to do that is through like coal or electricity or like wind power or something like that but wind's pretty clean it is pretty clean it is pretty clean so in texas my plan as a politician is oh, wow. to start using wind power to power electric cars yeah he's simply politician not getting my vote anyways. anyways what about water powered cars don't exist there's two. Chemically impossible. There are two. It's high. Okay, let's take a car <laughs> yeah. podcast for another time. All right, so the last thing to talk about is what do y'all think will happen when electricity runs out? If everybody is switching to electric cars, what's going to happen? Back for the environment. <coughs> We're going to figure it out. Aren't like half of the, the charges solar? Can electricity uh, run out? Huh? Yeah, can we run out of like... Solar Ooh. power? Well, not solar power, no, but so, like, this is, this is another thing from, like, Texas. Like, we had the freeze. Yeah. We and, like, oh, we couldn't nice. even have electricity to start houses, so how are you going to How are you gonna charge your car? Like, gas they're, they're, that they're, is, all that, though, yeah. Yeah, they're not worrying about gas. Like, if you need to go somewhere, you can go fill up your gas, and then you can drive somewhere. Yeah. And you can drive to a safe place, like somebody like a relative's house or something but if you only have an electric car like you're stuck like you can't do anything about that once you got a generator okay <laughs> i mean that is true but then you're gonna run up that electricity bill a lot charging your car fair enough i succeed thank yeah. you for your knowledge mitchell of course happy to share it. are we doing another transition guys oh yeah all right let's, let's, bring, let's do it let's get it up Alright, here's the difficult one. Back on the Squeaky Chairs podcast. <laughs> Our final topic. The Squeaky Chairs. I promise you guys. 
name is George, and I do research here on campus for uh, hydrogel and silicon biotechnology, and I believe that these applications are very useful. Trust me, they are. I'll sell you one. I promise you guys. Let's do that. All right. First off, do you guys even know silicon biotechnology, silicon biosensors? Do you guys know what hydrogels are? Is this the blue the blue tank? The blue tank. The blue tank. Tell me about it. Little little clear box with some you know some blue liquid in it. You stick <laughs> a little pipette thing in there and then you squeeze the juice and it turns orange. Is that what this is? May or may not be. Okay. Contacts. Are contacts hydrogel? Contacts are technically hydrogels. That's okay. a great way to put about it because hydrogels are anything that like absorb water. And okay. is this stuff solid. used in the biomedical area? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking when I like did some research about this kind of just like the, the yeah. medical field and they're trying to put more money into it to like try and <coughs> it's pretty big. So I, my research advisor, he always tells stories about the nineties. He's an old guy. I love old guys, right? Anyways, he says, silicon pays the bills, hydrogels are the way to go. I'm like, great, what does that mean? He says, yep, there's a lot of research into silicon, and silicon particularly powers about everything that we're using in this room. There's silicon chips in these AirPods, there's silicon chips in your computer, my computer, his computer. People's hearts do silicon with like pacemakers now, because mm-hmm. it's so advanced they use computer chips. That's what silicon goes into is computer chips. So, we're trying to put computer chips. In hydrogel? In hydrogels. For what? For sensing ion concentrations. So basically, <clears> if you <throat> want to have like any sort of electrical pulse, you need ions to flow through silicon. And so, the way to put silicon into people... So like a fake heart? A pacemaker. Yeah, oh. a pacemaker. Oh. <laughs> Making it pretty like... <coughs> putting okay. it in a soluble membrane, and that's exactly what hydrogels are. Is this not also implants? It is an implant. Okay, perfect. That's what I worked on last, but it's very real that you can implant something within your skin by the hydrogels, but have silicon in it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do, and that's what's revolutionary about it. Isn't that's the base cool. layer of a skin graft silicon? Like some of it? Kind of. Yeah. You could have silicon as like, you could have hydrogel or silicon be like a uh, graft or like a template from which you can grow skin from. Yeah. Because you can put it on your skin, and that's another medical treatment for like burn victims. Mm-hmm. Is if you put like these grafts on your skin, you can use that as like a way to grow the skin back, and you feel the graft off. Mm. It looks weird though. <laughs> Don't trust it. Anyways, um, do you guys know probably what are the newest advances in this field? Um, newest advances at all? Yeah, that was what I was actually going to bring up for that one. Is the is the, uh, the skin graft and how versatile it's being instead of like just for burn victims, like people that are, um, you know, like amputees, for the, the like, I guess the nub or the bottom of their amputation, they obviously have to have something to grow there. Oh, right. So that's something that they would use for that. Very true. You could use hydrogels or silicon as like, uh, like we said, skin grafts to close off wounds and stuff like that. And that's another application of my research is we're gonna try to use the hydrogels to interface directly with wounds so you can track wound care and see if your wound is healing just enough by tracking proteins or anything that it's actually crazy that you can like track that it's all through like crazy it's like it's really interesting because you can get um your selectivity filter is getting electricity but what do you do with the electricity it's like that's like the other half of research is like figuring out how to make those signals useful 
in any sort of way. Because you can have a bunch of signals, but what's it mean? It has to relate to your heart. It has to relate to ion concentration. It's cool stuff. Well, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to the third question. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Ms. Grace, did you want to say something? Uh, no. All right, good. third question. Um, where do you think these fields, or where would you like to see these fields head in the future? Where would I like to see them head in the future? Sure. Did you take them? Marvel. Marvel? Bucky. Bucky. Cool arm. Oh, yeah. You want a free metal yeah. arm. Yeah. Me personally, I wouldn't mind having a metal arm. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah. what's, what's the guy's name from? Like, Teen Titans Go? Cyborg. 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 Yeah. Get like a drift. Laser <laughs> eye. Yeah. <laughs> so human-like robots? Robocop? Yeah. Pretty much. That's my take. You could do yes. that. I remember there's a video game where like, that was a big problem. It was Black yeah. Ops 3. Where people had a bunch of like, cyber mutation oh, yeah. for, like applications of like, future technology. But yeah, we could do a lot of stuff with this. Um, I remember Elon Musk talking about putting chips in people's brains. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. That'd be crazy. Imagine if you could like learn calculus in one night. Just like getting a new update or something like that. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be failing anymore. I wouldn't be <laughs> adverse to that at all. Except like what if somebody hacks like your little chip and then like... They're controlled. Well you're that's dead. kind of a risk you're gonna have to be willing to take. Yeah man, brain viruses be a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last question. Um, I'll just talk to you guys about it. It says, how is my research specifically advanced in this field? And one thing that's like unique about what I do is that it's all biodegradable. So you can put it on yourself and your body will take care of it. The port, it's the silicon that I'm using breaks down into like a silic acid, which your body can dispose of. Hydrogels are just water and sugar and like the sugar interlinks and you can take that, do whatever you need with it. So it's like the draw to my research is that, yeah, you have these interesting materials on you that are very useful, but you don't gotta remove them. They could be a long term. So that's why we're aiming for like um, geriatric patients who are really old, they're gonna stay in the hospital for a while. Just put it on, forget about it. It's gonna give you information forever. Or even infants. Sometimes in order to get infant temperature or infant like um, chemical chemical concentrations of like certain biomarkers, you have to prick them with a needle. Which is unfortunate, we hate pricking needles mm-hmm. into babies. <laughs> Put a sticker on it. Put hydrogel on it. You're done. That's so it. So are these in the making? Right? I'm making or them. You're, right ma- you're making them. The ambitions are big, but we have to start with something small, and that's just hydrogels and silicon and reading the Have you been seasons. in the lab? That's what I've been working on since sophomore year. So oh, wow. That's, that's cool. really awesome. Yeah, so I, so I started doing hydro- I started doing like uh, plastics in high school. And then I came to TC with the idea, like, I'm going to do this research. That's so awesome. And ended up getting in his lab. So it was really cool. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of years till I graduate. And I think that wraps up my questions, guys. Okay. That's fascinating. Let's do a closing statement after another awesome transition. transition. Thank you for sharing. Oh, God. We hope you enjoyed learning a thing or two about our discussion of these societal matters. Now that the episode is coming to a close, 
go out to the world with these new ideas in mind and reflect upon how our future is at the palm of our hands. Whether it be new facts regarding hydrogel and silicon biosensors or outrageous statistics regarding the amount of waste that comes out of our communities, it is only a matter of action for those who deduce those problems and focus on altering the outcomes hereafter. The power to change is the power to educate. Take what you have learned and share it with your friends, family, peers, and all those around you. Take care, stay safe, and stay up to date. This has been the Squeaky Chair Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.